0: everyone and welcome to the InteraBank podcast. I'm your host Hannah Theodore and once again we are joined by reporter Aisha Javed. Hello Aisha. Hi
1: thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for being back. We're doing another quasi InteraBank roundtable. Sabi is not with us today. She is having her apartment fumigated. Um, So uh, I mean hopefully it seems like uh, they kept bailing. So hopefully that happens for real today and we can have her back soon. Yeah, I hope so. Um, Okay, this is going to be pretty casual. I just want to catch up with you, honestly. And we've been covering a lot of interesting stories recently too um, that I think warrant a little bit of a deeper discussion. Um, Specifically, um, two weeks ago, you and I both interviewed Gordon McBain about some climate conversations about climate change. I don't know about you, but like I have felt so depressed and on edge (laughs) since then and and I don't know if it's just because like there's been all this extreme weather but like the reality of climate change I feel like is hitting me all over again I don't know if that discussion opened up anything for you but
1: oh absolutely like (laughs) I completely agree like speaking to him like I and I remember like I kept referring back to in the article as well that like he mentioned that the pandemic like if you take the pandemic and like some of the um like some of the like like climate change like both of them are kind of um leveled that you know when the pandemic hit like we were all like wearing masks and we were trying ways to protect ourselves but there's not too much that happens the world doesn't really there's not a lot that's done for climate change and he's one of the people that's really trying hard to like change that. So yeah. yeah.
0: Well, and and like one of the things that kind of struck me about what his research is, because he's so focused on like nowadays, that most recent report is about climate resilient communities and like building communities that can withstand extreme weather. I don't know. the, The whole thing to me felt like, wow, there's no reversing anything anymore.
1: Yeah, no, you know, I, like it's
0: about adapting.
1: Yeah, and like the, absolutely, I agree. And like he was talking because um, I'm also like because I'm some one of my fields like we're we're also talking about building construction. Mm-hmm. So he's talking about how like there's panels being used for a lot of that just to kind of um, help with carbon emission and less carbon emission. And yeah, it's kind of it's a little bit sad that we that's the route we have to go in order to help with the
0: how do you kind of like factor in the reality of climate change and like growing up with climate change with the the degree that you're focusing on because you're in construction engineering right right so So yeah yeah how does climate change play a role in that for
1: you um so basically like when we do like in my program construction engineering technology um we've talked about like because there's building sciences and there's building materials that we talk about what materials to use on the exterior and interior to kind of help with like um, emissions, like pipe, we talk about the pipelines, we talk about um, just the different, like what materials to use. Um, so recently I was reading an article about how um, the construction industry is trying to use more wood products, wood produced products mm-hmm. and um, how that's being used just to help with um with carbon emission and how people kind of think like, oh, well, you're cutting down, you know, a bunch of trees in the forest and everything and you're contributing to like the whole, like, you know, you're taking away, um, you know, you might be contributing to carbon emission, but it's not true. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of times it's the trees that are being produced are um, like they reproduce. And then the ones that are being cut down are the ones that kind of um, don't really have necessarily like are at a, at a decent like length and structure mm-hmm. so those are the ones that like most of the time like we use for when we as building materials so um there was a lot on that and how um uh, because canada produces a lot of um wood like that's our main um that's our main like uh, product mm-hmm. that we're going to use more of that especially because since the pandemic hit there was there was a little bit of a problem in the supply chain between america and canada and America usually supplies us with steel. So there was a little bit of that, but yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I, I honestly don't, I, this is why I'm so glad we have you. Cause I really don't know a lot about the details of like people who actually work in that field. Um, mm-hmm. and like you, from the outside, you hear about kind of what you're saying, like, oh, like the, the, the trees being cut down and it seems like such a, such a travesty, but yeah. I mean, I, I, I get the sense that like there's like designated trees that your program would be using versus right, like right. versus like um you know food producers burning the amazon.
1: Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: true. Which is like oh my god, that was another thing I think that kind of set this off for me was I read an article last week that the rainforest now um oh shoot, my microphone just turned off. Oh no.
1: Aisha, I spilled coffee all over my computer this morning. Oh Hannah, I did that too. I did that months ago and I now have to use my laptop and a separate keyboard.
0: I just got this computer too. I'm so freaking stupid.
1: I know that's not that's not
0: nice language. I'm not stupid. I just made a mistake. <laughs> oh
1: no, it's completely like it's so it's so funny because I researched that when that happened to me, and people are like, well, now with everybody working from home, it's so expected, like right? Like, it's such a expected to happen.
0: <laughs> oh my god. Um. Anyway, what I had read was that like the rainforest is now like absorbing more oxygen than it's producing.
1: Oh. Yeah.
0: Or like less ox, like it's everything is burning up, so it's not. It's I, I, I'm saying it wrong, but basically, like the the rainforest is losing its kind of key function, which is to um, keep the air we breathe breathable.
1: Yeah.
0: So that's scary.
1: <laughs> that, is scary. that was just one of the things as well like that's why like um I think there was that's what they were talking about in the article that I read as well like for in terms of construction like the trees that aren't able to produce as much oxygen but use more oxygen those are the ones that get used for building materials but the ones and then what they do is like they reap when they're reproducing is when they uh actually bring out more oxygen than they take mm, so yeah that was yeah that's a good point that you brought that up
0: I mean it's important, I guess, to just like and I guess this is a problem with overconsumption in general, is that I think we have a tendency as humans to sort of bleed things dry without thinking about replacing them after.
1: Yeah.
0: And everything on the earth is finite, you know. I think yeah. that's I don't know. I've been getting bogged down in that reality, but you know, there's a we could talk about this for days. Um, for sure. <laughs> um but there's also been some good stuff this week too. I think Notably, you're working on a story right now about the Canadian Media Educators Awards, oh, um, which is, I mean, Fanshawe cleaned house like they do. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's great. I mean, the the creative industries program, like that whole faculty, um, you know, I, I come from that program. Um you know, and you've been speaking to students as well who have been dealing with the Holy Ruler. I mean, what have you kind of learned or gauged about that program from the outside?
1: Um, like these students are very, very dedicated. Um, A lot of the, like the students in our contemporary media.
0: Yeah, that's the one. I said creative industries, but that's what I meant.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like, it's incredible how like dedicated they are and how much like they um i'm actually seeing one of them today or two of them today and i'm excited to speak to them um one of the uh, girls that i'm interviewing today taylor Maloche, also won an award so i'm excited to talk to her about that as well yeah
0: but, uh, and you're going to talk to sarah too right
1: yes i'm going to talk to uh sarah about um her documentary that she did on beirut
0: yes I know I've, I've talked to you so much about Sarah. I could obviously uh, like Sarah and I were actually in first year together uh, in the broadcast journalism program. Um, And then she had to like defer in the winter. So she ended up like leaving us halfway through the year, but then she came back um, as to finish her first year. So we didn't see each other much when I was in second year and she was sort of finishing up her first year. But then I started like seeing all her work come through and just being like, this is what we were missing all this time, you know, like it was, I'm so glad that she was able to come back and do all that work too. And now we're talking to her and getting to interview her. So it's like totally full circle.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, and, um, congratulations to you as well. (laughs)
0: My honorable mention.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That was a total surprise. Which podcast? Sorry. I, when I read it, it was for, is it for this podcast that you did or
0: this was for so at the X, we do um so like in your second year in the broadcast journalism program, you um split off into smaller groups and then you um basically your whole focus during second year is just on producing content for the X. Um so in one regard, you we would be doing newscasting. So you'd be doing hourly newscasts on the radio. Um, in another rotation, you're a reporter, which means you're out in the field collecting and producing stories that the newscasters would use on the air. And then the last rotation is um, about, it's called like feature documentaries basically. Uh, and so each week you produce three, four minute features that get played on our daily uh show called in your backyard Mm -hmm. and then for one week during the features rotation you uh do something called college confidential uh and college confidential is a 26 minute show that airs on sundays on the x and you have to produce the whole show completely by yourself Mm -hmm. um and you have the whole week to kind of put it together you need like a minimum of six interviews um, and then you build a show basically around a certain topic. So, um, it was actually probably one of my favorite weeks because, uh, you kind of get to really focus in on just like one thing, mm-hmm. um, which is nice my, for my brain anyway, which is pretty chaotic. Um, mm-hmm. it was nice to like really hone in on one thing. And, uh, yeah, so the topic I did it on was, um, was about working from home. Uh, and at that time I, I had genuinely thought that, There was. I had this sense that we were never going to go back, Um, and so basically, the the whole show was just collecting different opinions on that, like the pros and cons of working from home, um, from both sides of the of the spectrum, too. Right. In a lot of ways, it's it's cheaper to have people work from home than to come into an office, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So there was that side of it. But then, you know, I had I talked to like business business people. Who were like but productivity and you know had sort of the more uh, negative sides of it too um and uh and then yeah like ultimately the the last portion was just like okay but what about people who can't work from home right like there's a whole field of people who have no choice right so while the whole rhetoric at the time was like working from home is the new normal you know i saw in real time my boyfriend worked in a grocery store So while I was working from home, I saw the other side of it, right? People who had no choice, but to go into work. So um, yeah, it was, it was, it was fun to put together. And it's cool that it got that recognition, even just to get the honorable mention, because holy smokes, putting together College
1: Confidential is a lot of work. So I was just going to ask you, I was like, 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 sounds like it probably took you months to put together. It
0: should have, but we only had a week. <laughs> oh
1: wow! Oh, my
0: God. Yeah. You, you do it all in one week. It, it's, 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 it's a lot that I, I have to say, if there are any broadcast students out there that are going into their second year at listening, uh, features is a tough rotation, but you know, it, it's the most gratifying too, because you do come out of it with a breadth of work and like a huge portfolio. It, you make three docs a week. Like that's a lot that you can put in your back pocket. Right. So Yeah. And especially come awards time, you know, it was nice to just have this, this thing that I can go back and listen to. So yeah. You know, and, um, when did you, you were working in retail most recently, right? I was, yes. Did the pandemic hit you while you were working? You were at H&M, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So like, did you get sent home or did you have to, I mean, imagine it was closed.
1: Um, yeah. So there was breaks, like someone originally when, um, When the pandemic did hit in 2020, like March, we were just full, like, you know, the government kind of just said, shut everything off and we didn't, we'd go back. But I did work in, uh, through it when the government did decide to open up everything in like July to like Mm December-ish. And then I think they just kept a limited staff because, um, there was just very limited capacity that they were allowing to come in and they weren't really as busy after Christmas. So I wasn't, they didn't call me back, but, um, and then I am currently there here and there. Yeah, uh, for the summer, but um, yeah, it was like it was just ca- like crazy. Like as soon as it opened up, everything like, and still today, it's like a lot of people. Like, and now the government just kind of like there is no capacity, so mm. it, there's no limit on that. So it's just like an overwhelming <laughs> amount of just people wanting to shop, and especially because of the pandemic, right? Like they want to and there's like, they want to try things on, they really want to, they want retail therapy. So it's been
0: a lot. <laughs> oh, no doubt. I mean, I'm definitely in that group. I was at the mall on Monday when I was off and it was, I mean, it was, I, I don't love being at the mall right now because I, I don't, there's too many lines. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I, I also like to try stuff on H and M H&M still isn't letting people do that. So I, uh, and I was like in and out of there, but it was fun just to like be in person at the mall. Those are like, I, I don't know. I consumerism is not good, but I do love hanging out at the mall.
1: Yes. Yeah, I agree. I think it's also cause like, since there was the lockdown, like people were mostly on like TikTok or like on social media platforms. So they've been following like fashion trends and like makeup trends. And then it's like, they want to be able to get all that like we all of our yes. products right now are just whatever people are seeing on tiktok and mm. they're actually very specific things so, and they want to try it out right so it's like <laughs> a burst of like buying all these clothes and like matching all the, like sweat like the colored sweatpants with like oh um, sweatshirts, like yeah everything like it's going crazy. <laughs> it's, it's taking from one to another, which is kind of interesting to see, I guess. like the- That
0: is. Yeah. I I mean, I definitely have noticed my use of social media during the pandemic has reached like dangerous levels. Um, and like I like it and it's it's weird. It's like either I'm super inspired or I'm like horribly, horribly self Loathing about you know, like, so I'm so jealous of people who live in parts of the world that they can still travel, or you know, whenever I see, and I know sometimes it's just like old videos that people repost, but like when I see folks on vacation, I'm like, I want to be out of here for just like a day. I've been staring at this apartment for too many months now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, oh, yeah, that's
0: true. Yeah, but the least we can do, I guess, is get out and shop, right?
1: That's true. Yeah.
0: uh now there's one as there's one other story I want to touch on from this week because I think it's like probably the most spicy and also really relevant to us as students to us I'm not a student anymore but for you as a student (laughs) um you know not that long ago both Western and Fanshawe said that they were gonna require vaccines for people living in residence um but now there's you know, outcry coming from Western, specifically the, the faculty association there, that everyone on campus should be required to get a vaccine. I mean, like, this is like a, a heated question, but like, what do you think about that?
1: I personally, so weeks ago, I wrote an article about how Fanshawe and like Western residents, like a lot of these um, college post secondary institutions, like, they want the res- like anybody living on campus. To be vaccinated, which I totally agree with. I was like, you know what? I understand people are coming from different countries. We don't know what's out there, and there's still so much going on. Like we're finding out about all the mutations and all the different strains that are um, that are caused by COVID nineteen, and we don't know what else is out there or what's going to happen. So I completely agree about them being vaccinated before they anybody has something else and they just spread it to um, you know to like to London and all around. Um, but as far as being on campus, like I just kind of feel like personally, like things that are happening in London, I am a little bit, um, like a little bit conflicted because I feel like people who do decide to not be vaccinated, I mean, that's their decision, you know, and it's like, kind of like for them, it's they, they, if they're willing to be on campus or go to the gym or go to the movie theater, that's what they want to do, you know? And it's like, they're willing to take that risk. Mm-hmm. and it's kind of like i feel like maybe it's gonna i'm sure like you know we had anti-maskers we had all sorts of people and we have anti-vaxxers as well so i feel like there's just gonna be another uproar of people being like hey well i want to be able to do these things and this is just not right that i had to get vaccinated yeah um, so that's just kind of my take on it i mm-hmm. kind of feel a little bit conflicted i understand the whole safety part like if you are having international students i understand that but as far as locals, I feel like maybe like um, there is going to be a bunch uh, like a large part of like a group of people that don't want to get vaxxed, especially with like Corona being such a new thing and just kind of like, you know, it started in 2020. We're in 2021 and it's still fairly new and it's still like getting research on it and understanding it is still like a like a current issue. Absolutely. I mean, the
0: this the scary thing about, I think, this whole situation that that I keep grappling with is, you know, there's this sense right now, I think there's this feeling in the air that maybe it's ending or things are, things are getting better, you know, but I, I, I am so cautious with, with that sentiment. Like I, I feel like we're just at the, the very beginning mm-hmm. of what will probably be like a years long discovery as this as the virus mutates, right? Like this is this is the start of something really more than more than feeling like it's coming to an end.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and yeah, I, I totally agree. There's like a, I I I think everyone deserves to feel safe. Um, I, I wonder about how they could how they could regulate that, you know? Because a lot of people go to the Western campus and they're, you know, they're guest speakers. They're there for one day, right? They're there and they leave. Like, are they required to get vaccinated too, right? Like how, how can you be on top of every single person? There are thousands and thousands of people that go through that campus, right? There are public buses that go through the campus. People walk through campus, you know, um, at a certain point, it's like, you can really only keep people so
1: safe. That's true. Yeah, I agree. I know. Yeah, I feel like, but I feel like it's probably a legal issue. Like I feel mm. like schools and like same with like retail, like a lot of these malls, like, you know, they were basically just in charge of just asking, Hey, any COVID symptoms? And, you know, I mean, how really like, you know, liable is that? And there's some stores <laughs> that are a little bit above beyond and like checking your temperature and stuff to make sure that, you know, you're not getting the flu, but I think it's just to cover them to be like, you know, you know what, we did our best. We did our best. <laughs> Everybody that's like on campus is vaccinated. But yeah. you're technically right. Like if you're walking your dog and, you know, you're on the <laughs> campus, like who's going to like, how is that going to work? Like yeah. are there gonna be security all the time being like, Hey, you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and like, I see why that, that prospect scares
0: people to a certain extent. I mean, it's, it's like the same fears of the vaccine passports or whatever. It's like, you know, people just, I think don't like the idea of, you know, having to to prove it or you know there there's no law that says you're not allowed to ask people about vaccines or anything that I think is is made up that people say that. However, um you know I I, I don't know. I, I I'm I'm torn too part of me wants to just be like just get vaccinated. Like you know like I wish I could just take that firm stance but I also like I am empathetic I think especially to marginalized communities that have generational trauma related to the medical field right you know uh, we know that certain communities are discriminated against in the medical field and have fully valid reasons to doubt medication mm-hmm. um but yeah I, I don't know if you're like if you're able-bodied and and you can at this point I think if there were issues with the vaccine we would know
1: yeah. I feel like- I always kind of think to myself when I'm in these situations, I'm like, you know what? There is a child that has gone through this. Like, I remember when I had to get my surgery for my wisdom teeth, I was just like gosh. in sheer panic. I was like, oh my gosh, it's just going to be so bad and everything. And I just realized, I'm like, you know what? Somewhere there's like 12 year olds. out of I'm, uh, uh, you know, I'm past that. So, yeah, <laughs>
0: I know. I know. Oh my God. Wisdom. Did you get all four out at the same time or did you only have to get a couple? Okay. I got all at all oh my god
1: at the, actually that's like, good yeah, yeah. Like, One from like TMJ I don't know if you know what it is but like, me too
0: really yeah um, my job my job do be clicking
1: all the time yeah and <laughs> was so bad because I had so much facial pain and like headache, you know, yeah and they were so scared to say they said you know I think like your wisdom teeth like the problem is if you get it out it makes it worse it can <sighs> like, become extremely worse and then they said, so we were just going to wait off a little bit, but it was just like, it was really getting in the way of like school and like my mm. social life and everything. So and I saw a doctor and he's like, you know what, just get them out. And as soon yeah. as I got them out, I could honestly feel pain being lifted off. I'm like, it was just so much pain caused from my wisdom teeth mm. and everything all together. So and gradually everything just got better afterwards. Good.
0: Yes. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. No, I, um, I've never had a cavity, but I, have had so many teeth pulled out of my face. (laughs) Like, Uh, you know, I could, I could talk all day about extractions. By the time my wisdom teeth came along, I was like 21. Um, and I was like, whatever, you know, they've, my mouth was too small for my, all the teeth I had. So they had to pull out adult teeth when I was like 11 or 12. Um, and so like, you know, I've been there, but still it was, it, I, I know there's always anxiety. I mean, any kind of surgery is like, ugh.
1: yeah. Anything that has blood related to it, like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's scary. I was scared to give my vaccine today for, a- I mean, yeah.
0: sure. Yeah. It's, it's, it, although it's so it, it, in the grand scheme of things, it's a minor thing, but like, you know, it's, uh, needles and even just sometimes being around doctors, I think can, can be a little anxiety inducing. Sure. Um, you know, I just got a family doctor this last year, so I didn't have to go to the walk-in anymore because God, the walk-ins are
1: like I the scary things. With, well, the walk-ins are brutal.
0: <sighs> yeah. I used to, um, there used to be one down the street and it's, it, they're the worst too. Cause they're always so crowded and everyone is sick.
1: <laughs>
0: I think about that now in like post COVID times <laughs> how that was like just allowed. Oh my God. Um, okay. Aisha. Wow. I think we can stop here. Uh, thank you so much again for being on the show. Let's do this again sometime. I'm sure we're going to have lots of opportunities before the summer is over, but, uh,
1: you know? oh, I enjoyed it. Love yes. Savannah as well. I know. Yeah. Next
0: time we'll get Savannah back. <laughs> all right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the Bank podcast. For more episodes, check us out on Google Play, Apple Music, and Spotify. And in the meantime, check our website to keep up with all things Banshaw.